Hey, we're Phil and Meredith, and we're the pastors here at Cornerstone Church, and we are so glad that you are here with us today. It's our prayer that this message is an inspiration to you, that it builds you up, that it stirs your faith right now in your today, as well as in the days to come. We believe that God has great things for you. God bless you. Well, it is so good to be here together, church. I am excited about today. Thank you, David. You guys sound awesome this morning. What a great team, how they led us in worship this morning. Amen? I'm so grateful for them. Hey, if you are in the room, you've got some bubbles on your way in. Why don't you go ahead and grab those this morning? If you're at home and you have bubbles close, accessible to you, why don't you grab them? Otherwise, you can just imagine what is going on. I'm going to see if mine works here. i got a bigger one. Let's see here. Is it going to go for me? Uh-oh. Sometimes it just takes a second. You just got to commit. Oh, come on. Phil, is yours working? We got a backup. Don't worry. There we go. Come on. I can't get any. Yes. <laughs> Why don't you tell somebody next to you, let it bubble up inside of you. Get it? You can spread your bubbles around. Come on. You, I know you've got a mask on, so you can't blow it, but you know that wavy thing that you can do? Just wave it back and forth and let your bubbles bubble up inside of you because we have to spread a little bit of joy this morning and let it bubble up on the inside of you. There you go. Come on. Look at that. Look at your smiling, happy faces. I know you're smiling just looking at these bubbles at home. Come on. Because we are starting a series today. They're going to get me about this floor, but that's all right. We are starting a series today called Joyful and Triumphant. As we step into December and we remember our Savior who came, we are a joyful and a triumphant people. As I started praying and asking God, what do you want us to talk about in December? What should we be speaking into our hearts and our minds at the end of this 2020 year, I kept hearing him say, joyful and triumphant, joyful and triumphant. But how many of you know, all throughout this year, I haven't felt very joyful and triumphant very many times throughout 2020. Let's take a quick look back at some of the things that have happened throughout 2020. 20. We kicked off this year with Australian bushfires, some of the worst they have ever seen in the country's history, while coronavirus was already kicking up throughout our European nations. We had a presidential impeachment, a stock market crash, locusts in East Africa, George Floyd's death, and the ensuing social unrest that kicked up not only in this nation but around the world. We had the death of Kobe Bryant, Chadwick Boseman, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, along with 1.5 million other people who have already died from the coronavirus. We had an explosion in Beirut. Farmers in India are currently protesting. We had murder hornets. Do you guys remember those? Like something out of the Hunger Games attacking our countries. Wildfires on the west coast of this country. Counts and recounts of a presidential election Oh, and also Meghan Markle and Prince Harry left the royal family all in 2020. Now, I'm not telling you all of these things to remind you or to take you through a series of doom and gloom. This is the year that you have lived through. There have been moments where you looked and said, I don't know that joy is anywhere around me. 
Dad was talking to a pastor friend the other day, and he said, nobody's winning nothing in 2020. Nobody feels triumphant. It feels like everything you are stepping into, everything you are trying to achieve, everything you are trying to grasp and hold on to is just a little bit more complicated than it needs to be this year. All I'm trying to do is throw a birthday party for a five-year-old, and I can't figure out if I'm allowed to invite people to it or not. I just want a little bit of joy in my year. I just want a little triumph in my moment. And 2020 is making it feel like it's harder and harder to achieve. But did you know that there are specific things that you can do, that you can look at, that you can see that can cause joy to bubble up on the inside of you? Things that psychologically will trigger joy in your brain. Things like thinking about or seeing colorful candy sprinkles or a yellow sunshine or bubbles will cause your brain to trigger joy emotions on the inside of it, seeing it, engaging in it, even just imagining these things, visualizing them and thinking about them will cause your brain to begin to go to joyful, happy places and release joyful emotions and endorphins throughout your body. You can access joy in a moment by visualizing the right things. And this is a practice that more of us should engage in. Stop reliving the tragic tale of your past. Stop walking through that argument that you had. Stop thinking about all of the wish it could have been and what would I have done and how could I have done it differently and all of the things that I want to be differently and take a moment and visualize things that will bring joy into your life and bring strength into your heart. You do not have to live in the place of the negativity. God has built you to access joy. But what joy are we talking about? I'm not just talking about a joy that you can access in a moment. I'm talking about a deep, sustaining joy. A joy that the world can't take away from you. A joy that a moment can't take away from you. A joy that you're, that's not dependent on the situation or the circumstance that you're walking through. I'm talking about a deep joy. Let's turn to scripture, shall we? Come on, let's go to Nehemiah 8 and Philippians 4. And while you're there, why don't you just put a tab in Matthew 5. We're going to go there later. Nehemiah 8 and 10 says, Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready, for this day is holy to the Lord. This is the part I want you to hear. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Who could use some strength in 2020? Who could use some strength as we come to the end of our year? Your strength is not found in your grit. Your strength is not found in all of the things you can do for yourself. Your strength is not found in what you can build or what you can achieve. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Let's see what Philippians 4 says. Come on, let's jump over to Philippians 4. Audrea is doing an awesome job on the screens this morning. Audrea, how old are you? 
10. She is 10 years old, and she is rocking the screens solo this morning. Come on, it is never too early to get involved in the house of God. Philippians 4, 4, you're probably familiar with it. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say it, rejoice. Some of your translations probably say, be filled with joy or be totally full of joy. Let joy bubble up on the inside of you. Let it come bubbling up from in, from your depths, from the innermost places of where you are. And it says, always, when you have a sunshine and a rainbow and a butterfly kind of day, sure, rejoice. When you have a year where you feel like the knocks just keep coming, a year where you feel like I would rather pull the covers up and wake me up when it's all over, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Joy in a Christian context. Our Christian joy is about more than just a visualization technique. It's about more than just finding my happy place so that I can escape what's going on for a little while. The joy I'm talking about is a deep, sustaining joy. It's a joy that comes from a settled place. It comes from an interconnectedness to the God of the universe. The joy I'm talking about is the joy that is a of a soul that is at peace with God and it permeates from your inner place and it carries you in every season be joyful and triumphant because your Christian joy is a discipline of our faith we are called to live lives of joy, not just when our external situation finds us on mountaintops, but in every season of our life. Joy is your portion. It is the outworking, it is the inflowing, it is the bubbling up of the peace of God that is on the inside of you, of a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit that walks you into a place of joy. There are theologians that suggest that we are bordering on sin when we live outside of joy because it is the life that God has called us to because we are living outside of his context. I know when you think about living in sin, you think it means two people who aren't married together, living in a house and having sex together, but living in sin is living outside of the context that God designed you for, living outside of his perfect mark for you, and all of that drudgery, all of that downward spirit, all of that cast low, all of that heavy head is outside of the mark that he has designed you for. He he designed you to be joyful. He designed you to live in connection with him and to let that joy bubble up on the inside of you. When was the last time that you were filled with joy? When was the last time that joy came bubbling up on the inside of you that you allowed yourself to be joyful? Imagine that moment. What were you like? How many of you imagined a childhood experience? How often we connect our childhood years with what it means to be joyful. 
to step into a moment of complete abandon. It's a kid running as fast as they can down a hill or ripping into paper. It's little kids blowing bubbles or eating ice cream, covering everything with total abandon. They walk into these joyful moments and we think, when we think about ourselves filled with joy, we connect to these childhood moments and maybe that wasn't, I want to acknowledge your childhood. Perhaps your childhood was not filled with the joyful moments that it ought to have been. But when we visualize joy, we think either of what our childhood was or what it ought to have been. When we think about what joy looks like, we think about little kids on a warm, sunny day running through a sprinkler completely carefree. But when I think about what Scripture tells us, Scripture doesn't connect our joy with childhood or with immaturity or with our early years. Scripture connects joy in our Christian contact with the life of a mature believer. Joy is the outworking of a life that has been walked and has been seasoned with Christ that has walked through some things, that has continued in the faith. The other group of people that I think of when I think of joy is old people. You think of little kids and you think of old people. And when you think of old people, elderly, mature, if you care for that terminology better, you really kind of think of two groups, right? If you're thinking kind of in the classic stereotypes, you either think of a really cranky old person who has let their life make them bitter and angry and they don't have anything good to say about anybody, or you think of a really joyful old person who has lived long enough to say there are gonna be some ups and there are gonna be some downs and there are gonna be some hard winds and there are gonna be some winds that blow your sails, but I have decided that in the end, joy is better. And I am going to live in Joy, because they have allowed their life to mature them to a place that says some will come and some will go, but I am going to live in a place of joy. I am going to live in a place that allows the bubbling up from the inside of me to produce laughter, to spread joy to those around us, and it settles the people around them. Throughout this year, I have found so much settling not from my peers, not from people younger than me, but through people who have done the journey longer. And in the midst of hard times and in the midst of trials, they have been able to laugh still, tell a joke still, find joy in the moment and in the small things because they have said, I have decided that joy is better. Joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit that Galatians tells us about. Galatians 5 tells us these gifts of the Spirit, that when the Holy Spirit comes into us, he gives us these fruit of the Spirit. And if joy is a fruit of the Spirit, then the suffering, the trials that we go through is the soil that that joy grows out of. In the contradiction that often is the kingdom of God, we find that it is in suffering that joy grows in our life. 
It is in the soil of our suffering that joy begins to burst forward and produce fruit and blossom and bloom almost to say, in spite of it all, despite what you'll throw at me, despite what you'll walk with me, what you try and walk me through, joy is a strength that says, I'm going to bloom right here anyway in the midst of your hardest moment, in the midst of your trial moment. Joy is going to come forth and all throughout scripture, even though we want to connect it with the easy moments of our life, especially in the New Testament. We see joy and suffering walking right there, hand in hand, as partners together. 1 Thessalonians 1 and 6 says it this way, you became imitators of us in the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. How about, how about Hebrews 10 and 34? You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had a better and lasting possessions. Or 2 Corinthians 8 and 2, it says, In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. In the midst of a severe trial, I have good news for you. If you feel like you are in the midst of a severe trial, overflowing joy... Joy that bubbles up on the inside of you is available for you today. There is a deep connection between your trial and your joy. There is a deep connection between your suffering and your joy, between what God is producing on the inside of you and the joy that he wants to access inside of you to say, I am trying to give you a tool for strength, for stability, that in the midst of your toughest moments, there is a joy that will well up on the inside of you. Archbishop Desmond Tutu says it like this, it is one of those incredible things that joy can so quickly come from suffering. That when we suffer, joy is right there with us. Just like Phil was saying earlier, it's a matter of perspective. Will you spend your time looking at your suffering, talking about your suffering, meditating on your suffering, or will you turn and see that joy is right there beside it? That right there next to your suffering is your joy as well. And you can turn and look at your joy and allow joy to begin to bubble up on the inside of you. Your lack of joy is not the result of what you are facing right now. Your lack of joy is not a result of the job that you are working right now. That relationship is not to blame for the lack of joy that you are feeling in your life. Whatever trial you find yourself walking through today, it is not the thing to blame for your lack of joy. Your pride might be a place that you can point blame for your lack of joy because pride and joy cannot fill the same heart. Pride is too cumbersome. It takes up too much space in us. It takes up too much of the occupancy of your heart thinking about what it is that I need in my life. 
thinking about what it is that I believe that I'm owed in my life, thinking about myself all the time, thinking about what I need to achieve, thinking about myself and my needs and my wants and my desires and what I believe I'm entitled to. My pride looks at myself all of the time and there is no space for joy to fill up my heart. But a humble heart has space for joy. If you wanna see joy welling up on the inside of you, commit to humility. Humility allows me to walk in a place that is connected with others. It allows me to walk in a space that says what I am facing and what you are facing are somehow intertwined in this great broken space of time and, and, and earth that we live on outside of eternity that all of us ultimately are connected. So my suffering is connected to your suffering and your pain is connected to my pain. It's why we weep when one another are weeping because ultimately we are all joined together. And I find joy in the fact that what you're carrying and what I'm carrying are interconnected and are the same journey. This word humility that we use in English, it comes from a Latin word, humus, not to be confused with hummus, which is a delicious food, but similar humus and it literally means the earth or the soil it reminds us that we came from the dust of the earth that god formed us in and that all of us came from the same dust of the earth all of us were formed in his hands all of us were formed in his image and so we share in this journey together and in our connectivity it speaks to our joy and allows joy to begin to bubble up on the inside of me there's another word that this same word, humus, begins to connect to. We get the word humor from the same word. That when we remember how connected we are, there is a humor that comes from it as well, a laughter that comes from it as well. How many of you know some of the best comedies talk about some of the same experiences that we all have, that we all look at it and go, oh my gosh, my family does that as well. You want to bubble up some joy on the inside of you? You need a little bit more humor in your life. You need a little bit more laughter in your life. Some of you are so serious. You came into service today and you're like, I can't believe they gave us bubbles and I can't believe she's up there blowing bubbles and now we're talking about jokes. Yes for the love of everything that God is trying to grow in your life. Get some humor in your life. Take a moment to tell a joke. Take a moment to find out what makes you laugh. Take a moment to find some good, clean comedians and watch it for a night and just laugh until tears are coming down your face. Make a knock-knock joke challenge in your family and say, who can come up with the best joke today? Because we just need a little bit more humor in our lives. I was listening to a Christian, a, a pastor that I like to follow the other day, and she said, I like to fill my newsfeed on my social media with funny stuff, with people who are sharing jokes and funny pages. And I was like, yes, come on. Some of you need to unfollow some news sources. 
Some of you need to unfollow your crazy cousin and find a good, solid meme account to follow that is going to make you laugh. I am not joking when I am talking about you getting serious about some jokes in your life. Stop walking around with this heavy Eeyore cloud over you everywhere that you go and find a way to laugh this week. I know, let's give it a scripture so we make sure we're serious about it. Where did my scripture go? Proverbs 17, 22. It says, laughter is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Depending on your translation, yours might actually say, a joyful heart is good medicine. Come on, there is something that laughing does to the soul, to the spirit, to your physical body. If you want to go Google search it, there is all kinds of medical reviews on how simply laughing strengthens your physical body. It causes your body and your spirit and your mind to have greater strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It is your defense. It is your ever-present defense in times of trouble, his joy that bubbles up on the inside of you. You are shriveling up. You have a crushed spirit because you think that you have to be so serious. When I think about those mature saints that I was talking about earlier who like to laugh, who have found that joy is better along the way, it always makes me think of my grandpa Gamble, who many of you probably don't know. He passed away several years ago, but he was such a joy-filled person. He had a joke for every moment, and he knew how to laugh in the best moments of life and knew how to tease somebody, you know, in that playful, fun way that said, I've lived a little bit longer than you. Don't take yourself quite so seriously. You know, not in a harsh way, but in the way that said, I see you, and I've been living, and I've been walking, and I want you to know that you're not quite as serious as you think that you are. You're not quite as bad as you think that you are, that we all have some moments, we all have some things. We need to find the kind of joy that allows us to laugh in the midst of everyday moments. And you know what? Refer back to step one, because if you're finding it hard to laugh at yourself, if you're finding it hard to laugh at your situation, it's probably because your pride is filling up your space too much. You think that you're so awesome, and you think that you're so serious, and you think that what you're doing is so drastically, critically important. Just let a little humility come in that space, and it'll bring a little bit of humor along with it so that you can laugh and let joy bubble up on the inside of you. Come on, be joyful and triumphant in every single season. Gratitude will allow joy to bubble up on the inside of you. Gratitude lets me shift that perspective that we were talking about earlier. It causes me to say, yes, all of this is going on, but there is so much more that I can still be thankful for. There is so much more that I still have. It's what causes me to go, this is my suffering, but here is my joy. 
I can stay here and say, look how tragic it is and look how bad it is and look how many terrible things have gone on this year and look how many things have been difficult. Or I can shift that gratitude and look at my joy and say, look how much good there still is in my life. Look how faithful God is. Thankfulness is like dew for your soul. It causes you not to dry out, not to wrinkle up, not to shrivel up, but to become buoyant, to become joyful, to let bubbles come spring up from the inside of you that spread around and share joyfulness everywhere that you go. I have found time and time again in my life that the most joyful people that I know are the most grateful people that I know. People that you call them to ask them to do something and they say back to you, I am just so grateful that you would call me and think of me to ask me to help you with something else in your life. You end and you feel good about the fact that they're helping you doing something because there is gratitude on the inside of them and that gratitude creates a pathway for joy to live on the inside of them. And giving allows us to experience the deep, joy of the Lord kind of strength that I'm talking about, the joy that lives in every single moment of our life. Though it seems in so many ways that we try to access joy through all of these external things that if I build and if I accumulate and if I just get that or if I just moved in to this neighborhood or if our our kids just behaved like those kids, then I could experience joy that we think it's in all of our getting that joy might be added to our life and it is the terrible misconception adjusted alteration of this season that says that it is in all of our getting that we can experience joy it is the message of the kingdom that it is in all of your giving that you will experience joy come on you've heard it acts 20 and 35 is where we find it it says it is more blessed to give than to receive In the Amplified Version, it literally adds in, and it brings more joy. It brings more joy into my life when I give to someone else. It brings more joy into my life when I give out of what I have. The scriptures we looked at earlier said, even in their trial, even in extreme suffering, they found a generosity that allowed them to give in the midst of suffering. And because of that, there was an overwhelming joy that welled up on the inside. I think about our message last week come on if joy is a gift is a seed is a fruit that the Holy Spirit has put in your hands it is now your responsibility to take that fruit that the Holy Spirit has given you and to grow it and to strengthen it and to multiply it for too many of us we're taking that fruit and we're doing like that third servant come on you got to come in every week to let this thing build on you and we're burying that fruit right and we bury it and we say God has given me this amount of joy the Holy Spirit has deposited this fruit of joy on the inside of my life let me just take it over here and let me bury it because the world is so scary the world is so trying I don't know if you've seen 2020 but there's a lot of suffering happening so I'm just gonna bury my joy in hopes that it doesn't get attacked and hopes that it doesn't get taken down 
But if joy is a fruit that God has placed in your hand, it is now your responsibility to take that fruit and to grow it and to multiply it, to feed it, to sow into that soil of suffering and say, even in the midst of my suffering, I am going to experience joy. Sorry, guys. Experience joy in abundance. I'm not going to end this race with the, with the little bit of joy that I got when I was a child in the faith. I'm going to grow this joy. I'm going to sow into this joy. I'm going to let it multiply in my life and bubble up and start sharing and spreading joy all around me. Because joy is now my responsibility to grow into a mature, faithful believer. What the world needs right now is not Christians who are holding on to their joy, hoping that it makes it through another year. Needs believers who have a deep, lasting joy that says it comes from a place unlike any other. My joy is not found in all of these things around me. My joy is found in the source of all joy. My source of joy is in Christ the triumphant infant who came. And because I have encountered him, because I have experienced him, I have a joy that can't be shaken. I have a joy that can't be taken away. I have a joy that can't be altered by all of the things that I'm facing. Earlier this year in summer, I don't know if you guys saw this or if you remember this, Hallmark started releasing Christmas movies in the middle of summer to try and add some joy into people's life, try to lift the heaviness that people were experiencing. In April, a movement started across the country of people putting up Christmas lights in the middle of April just to try and add some joy out into the atmosphere, into their neighborhoods, to try and lift the spirit of people around them. And I want you to know that I am grateful for everyone who is spreading and is sharing good vibes right now. But what we need is not better movies to let us access joy for a moment or lights that help us feel joy. And I think it is so poignant that the things that helped us access joy are connected to the season when we remember that Jesus, our true source of joy, came into the earth. That is why the people of God need to stand up and say, I have a joy that is bubbling up on the inside of me and I want to spread it everywhere that I go. A joy that's not dependent on this moment. A joy that comes from a deep, lasting, meaningful relationship with God. A joy that no one can take away from me. How many of you still have a finger in Matthew 5? I did not forget about it. Matthew 5 and 11, I want to look at it. Starting in Matthew 5 and 11, it says, Blessed are you when others ravel you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. 
When I was praying about this month, I was asking God, what are you speaking to us in this month? I told you at the beginning, I kept hearing him say, joyful and triumphant. My people are joyful and triumphant. And at the same time, I kept remembering this portion of scripture about you are the salt of the earth. You are called to be salt. You are the flavor. You are the salt. My people are the salt of the earth. And if they've lost their flavor, how are they good for anything? And I was like, God, what is this connection that you're trying to speak to me? And sometimes when I'm studying, one of the ways I do that is if I feel like God's speaking a scripture, then I take that scripture and I start reading it in all kinds of different translations. Because as people have translated the scripture and tried to articulate the complexity of language that's being expressed in our scripture, different aspects of it tend to stand out in different translations. And you guys, I cannot make stuff like this up. I found the Weymouth New Testament, which is not a super common translation, but I want to read this portion of scripture to you in this translation. In Matthew 5:11 in the WNT, it says, "Blessed are you when they have insulted and persecuted you and have said every cruel thing about you falsely for my sake." Here it comes. "Be joyful and triumphant." because your reward is great in heaven. For so were the prophets before you persecuted. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, in what way can it regain its saltiness? It is no longer good. People of God, you are joyful and triumphant. And the flavor that the earth needs now, the taste that the earth needs now, the salt that the earth needs everywhere that it goes right now is a people of God who are joyful in the midst of triumph, who are triumphant in the midst of their trial, who can stand up and say, despite what you're facing, I've got a joy bubbling up on the inside of me as we walk towards the end of this year people of God let joy come bubbling up from the inside of you let triumph be your resounding song everywhere that you go I want you to spread joy and spread triumph because you are the salt of the earth Don't lose your flavor in the midst of your trial. Don't lose your flavor in the midst of your suffering. Allow it to produce in you an even richer flavor, an even richer seasoning that you can share with those around you. You are joyful and triumphant. Let it bubble up on the in side of you. Come on, tell somebody next to you, it's bubbling up on the inside of me. I'm going to pray for you this morning. God, I thank you that you have called us to be your flavor in the earth. What a privilege, what an honor that we get to bubble up your joy and your triumph everywhere that we go, God. In every moment, in every season, that we become your ministers of joy, your ministers of triumph. Give us humble hearts. Let us laugh in every season, God. Cause us to have gratitude in our mouths, in our hearts, in our minds, and giving spirits everywhere that we go that help us to access and share and spread your joy and your triumph. 
And I speak over your people today that joy is their portion, that triumph is their portion, and that they are the salt of the earth everywhere that they go. All the people of God who believe it said, Amen. We're believing that that word will bring strength and hope into your life. Absolutely. If God just spoke to you through this message and you're stirred right now to partner with us and to sow financially into the ministry that is Cornerstone Church, I want to encourage you to jump on over to our website, which is simply cornerstone.church and click the give button. Find the avenue that is most convenient for you today. That's right. We are going to continue spreading the message of the gospel and we look forward to continuing to connect together.